Dude, 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 this song closed. We gotta change it. Time for a zero check. Oh no, that's even worse. I couldn't cut was Alright, who wants to do this intro? I think I did the last one, so you know somebody else can do it. Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode 11 of the Zero Check. We are back once again at you with four exciting albums and nonstop entertainment and discussion. My name is Craig. I'm joined once again by Stephen, Richard, and Mike. On the show today, we have albums from Imagine Dragons, The Misfits, Tori Amos, and... Oh my chemical goodness, Romance. Blank. And my, my Chemical, chemical Romance. romance. <laughs> Fix it in post. <laughs> my chemical nope, this, romance. This is how the sausage is made. Keep I, it going. Yeah, you know nobody ever fixes anything in post. <laughs> I have fixed a few things in post. I will let you know. I'll believe it when I see it because you left <laughs> in all the things saying, We'll fix this in post. <laughs> that was in the before times. In the current times, I fixed a bunch of things in post. <laughs> well uh we'll we'll post it and it'll be like, We've got exciting albums from Imagine Dragons, Misfits, Tori Amos, and and then my voice will come in. My chemical romance. If you really wanted to MS Paint style fix it, you would just overlay it with completely wrong albums. Mr. Black. Precisely. Who wants to go first this episode? Do we have a hop in first this time? I don't think I've gone first in a little while. Yeah, I'm just gonna say start with Imagine Dragons. We're gonna start with a little little bit of Imagine Dragons today. Imagine some dragons. Let's imagine some dragons. First things first. Um, so when I was thinking of, um, this particular album, like I realized that, that this show, we hadn't really discussed any Imagine Dragons and they're kind of a big thing. Um, they put out a whole bunch of albums. They've been, they've been around since like the late aughts. I think it's 2008 is when they started making music. Um, they're one of those bands that just makes a lot of music that is really poppy and really popular on the charts. Um, it's it's the kind of thing where if you were to listen to like a, an essentials playlist, you would know like ninety percent of the songs, just yeah. because they're they're really played heavily on the radio. They're really, um, they're just really big. Um, they they um, they've had some big hits like uh, like Believer and Radioactive and 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 things like that. Um, this particular album uh, that that we're doing today, uh, Evolve, actually includes the song Believer. It includes Thunder. Um, which were some of their bigger hits in the last few years. Um, I just find them a really fun band. I, I know that we don't we, we tend to look at a lot of uh, a little bit more obscure stuff when we listen to albums, uh, or we look at stuff that we haven't heard in years. These guys are are still quite big. They're they're making a lot of music. Um, I took my my son to go and see a show. Uh, this was his first concert. We went to um, the uh, uh, but is it the Budweiser Amphitheater now? It used to be the Molson Amphitheater. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Budweiser stage. Budweiser stage. So we went and seen that, and it was his first show. And there were a lot of kids there, and and uh, even though it's like a rock show, it's very friendly for like families to to listen to. They don't really do a lot of swearing or anything in their music, and it's catchy and it's fun. And and it was just like a, an accessible rock show for for all kinds of people to listen to. So I have a whole bunch of favorite songs by these guys. And um, 
I wanted to get your thoughts on what you guys think of uh, the Imagine Dragons just in general and what you think of this album. I'm not going to lie. I was listening to it and I was like, are these guys Christian rock? <laughs> kind of like Christian rock. Are they fooling me into listening to Christian rock? <laughs> and I looked it up and I was like, are they Christian rock? And no, I guess they're not. I, I, if they're no. anything, they're Mormons. Oh, but, yeah, they're he, like they. He, he takes off his and, shirt when he performs. The the lead singer has know, his shirt I, off I, the whole I, performance. Maybe they're like good Mormons, but they're like from like Provo, Utah, or something. They're they're <laughs> like like the the heart of Mormonism. Sorry, so I, <laughs> don't ask, don't tell Mormons. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, and um, but I mean no, so I guess they're not Christian rock, but they they do have that um, you know that family friendly inspirational lyric sort of vibe thing going on, which um, can be nauseating in large amounts, but I, I didn't feel too, it didn't feel too. Um, not, enough I don't know. not enough angst for Steve. Yeah. It, it didn't, it didn't feel too in my face. So I was okay with it. And, and like my favorite Imagine Dragons song is whatever it takes. Love that song. Like I can't like when I yeah. hear it, I cannot get it out of my head. Have you seen the video? It's, no, I haven't. The video is good. It's them singing, um, and the 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 room is filling up with water, and, and they're oh, drowning okay. in the water, and eventually they're singing underwater and everything. It's really good. It, but I whatever whatever it is about that song, like I can listen to it on repeat. It's so catchy. Yeah. So that's that's how I feel about, and the rest is like I, I was listening through it, and I was like, okay, let's. Let's get some. I was like at the car dealership or something, getting the winter tires on. I'm just, I'm just listening through it and trying to give it my attention. Uh, and it's like, it's, it's pretty good. Like, I, I, I enjoyed the album. Um, I, I don't know that I would go out of my late way to listen to the guys, but, um, but it was like it was it was worthwhile to 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 listen to and and get to like nothing caught me like whatever it takes. I've heard Believer and like ad nauseum, and I've you know I'd heard Thunder ad nauseum, so I was kind of just like when they came on. Um, but it, no, it, it was it was very listenable. I don't know that I'd, I'd give them much higher praise than that, but <laughs> listenable. All right. I know. I know I'm saying. I, I I would say, like they're 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 pop rock. Mm. They're they're fun music. They're very accessible. They're. I bet they'd be a great concert to see live. <laughs> they're the new Nickelback. <laughs> are they going to be as hated as Nickelback? <laughs> yes, I think they already are. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean they're 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 good. I I have nothing bad to say about them. I enjoyed them. I listened to some of their other stuff too. Um, when, when Steve was saying that, uh, they're the kind of band that, or no, you were saying it, Mike, that they're the kind of band that when you hear their sort of essentials, they're all recognizable. Mm. Uh, and when you said that, it reminded me of the time I, I went to an edge fest and, um, Billy talent was playing and Billy talents, a band that I've never owned albums or, or listened to intentionally, but just the fact that I've heard them so much on the radio when they were playing, I could sing along with every single song. Yeah, they were also local. Like they I remember, also- I remember before they broke, they would play like the third stage at Edfest, and their uh, their their lead singer, what uh, Ben Kowalowitz or whatever, 
yeah. he was he was a producer on one of the shows and he'd pop on the air and he'd talk he's like yeah we're my band's playing like yeah. it was it, it felt like super local so <laughs> yeah i feel like selling tapes out of the trunk of your car yeah exactly that, exactly that that kind of local and they you know they they got onto you know the the reject stage of a music festival because the guy worked for the radio station that was throwing it you know yeah uh, but I mean, good for them for doing as well as they did. Uh, but anyway, we should talk yeah. about Billy Talent someday. But today's Imagine Dragons. Yes. And um, yeah, I mean, l- listening to this album and then listening to other stuff that got thrown into my Spotify playlist after it's it ended. They're they're a fun band. They're easy to listen to. They've got energy. They're uh, I don't. That's I don't have much, too much else to say. Uh, they're not like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they're a go-to like Steve said, but, um, in general, I I find them not particularly memorable except for, for whatever reason, whatever it takes. And I (laughs) love that song. It's a banger. Yeah. I I find more songs of theirs catchy, but, uh, but yeah, Mm. they're, they're good easy rock band to listen to, especially for people who, who maybe rock isn't their first genre to go to. Sure, a gateway drug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think that's a good assessment. Yeah. So normally yeah. I try to, or something I think I've said in the past is most of the time I don't actively dislike music. I will come to the assessment of like, this isn't for me. Like I can see the merit of it, of it but this isn't for me. Is uh, it when three tracks have flowed by, you notice you haven't heard any of it? Pardon? Like you know, you three tracks play, and you're like, I don't remember anything I just listened to. Yeah, kind of like that. I um, get that. I get that on this album sometimes yeah. too. <laughs> Later on in it, I am going to make an exception for that rule for Thunder. I, oh, you I just am, hate it. I hate Thunder. It is a terrible, <laughs> objectively terrible song. I love it. It is. I love abysmal. that you hate it. I don't like it, it either. Is, <laughs> it is simple. It is repetitive. It is annoying. I hate it. I hate it so much. Just as a um, as a quick side note on that one. Um, so uh, I'm a I'm a music teacher, right? And so I I do ukuleles with like elementary mm-hmm. school students, and uh, Thunder is one of the songs that that I do with like the grade threes, the grade fours, right? Because it's just drumming simple chords over yes, and over and over again. Yeah. They love it. They like even though the the song is 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 so simple like that, the kids recognize it. It's catchy and it's so easy to play on ukulele. Yeah, wait until they don't notice it anymore and you're just old. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, what is this crap? <laughs> It'll happen. Um, I think I have the same overall impression that Steve did of like there were moments here that I liked, like when yeah. a guitar part would come in unexpectedly and I'd be like, this is kind of cool. Where'd this come from? Like. I forget what song it is, but one of the songs has a guitar solo outro, and that was pretty cool. Um, I I don't like when bands name their songs after more famous and better songs, because then I see the track list, and I'm like, oh, maybe this is a cover of that better song, and no, it's not. I'm talking about Dancing in the Dark. Yes. <laughs> I thought you were. I was, I was hoping for a cover. No, no, no. We, we should make a rule about that. And that unless your song is better than the more well-known song, you have to choose. No, you have to name it something different. Yes, you have to name it something different. Um, I don't know. A lot of my conversation about this is really nitpicky weird stuff that's probably just like bugs me. Like I really don't like the skipping 
intro and how the with the way the drums are on next to me and because it starts the album it really started the album on a bad note for me because i was like well this is irritating and kind of unnecessarily weird for a pop album but um i don't know it's a lot of stuff like that of little weird things that bugged me along with little moments here and there like i said of like oh this is kind of cool and this is different um different than what i was expecting i also have a weird thing about rapping and pop music or like pseudo rapping that also i have i don't know i kind of look down upon it or thumb my nose about it probably there's like some elitism there of you're just trying and you're a poser but um i don't know it's not bad it's half decent rapping on this but i don't know all right so that's imagine dragons and i kind of accept that you're you're allowed to try to rap just yeah. just like those lots of people who try to sing and can't sing very well I mean, <laughs> you know it's it, it at some point in time i i realized in my head that Rapping was a legitimate form of musical expression, and I was willing to countenance that. Uh, that took me a while to get to, but I, I did get there at some point in time. I bet Hamilton helped you with that. Uh, no, it was earlier than that. Earlier than that, okay. <laughs> I think for me, I it goes to the poser thing of like, what is the intention behind including it in your songs? And if it's to like try and add some cred, to your image versus you I, just I feel like it's, it, but... it's with imagine dragons it's just kind of what they do yeah it's like all like... their songs are like that. it's like lincoln park yes mm -hmm. so, say what you will about lincoln park but that's just kind of what they did yeah so yeah. You, you can't you can't that's legit who they are yeah you can't hate do. them for it you can hate have you guys it. done lincoln park on the show <laughs> no we, we have not done lincoln park uh, interesting we have not done lincoln park um and lincoln park it was phenomenal If that's how you feel about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know a lot of people who are big Linkin Park fans, but I wasn't one of them. Yeah, Chester Bennington was a hell of a vocalist. Oh, yeah. yeah he, sang, he sang well. I agreed. Like, that's when they leaned into that, I felt they were doing better as long as their songs weren't lame. They also got the meme. They also had like a negative meme attached to their career very they did. early on. Absolutely. Not not like Nickelback bad, but yeah, they had a lot of they had a lot of haters. Yeah, crawl well, crawling in my skin became a meme, and that was off Hybrid Theory, and that kind of that Probably. set the image of that's, their band. That's, that's off Hybrid Theory. I thought that was older. Well, Hybrid huh. Theory is the first album. It was their first big album. I don't know if they had a big before. album. Yeah, <laughs> the I first thought it was... one that matters. The one, yeah. the one with. I'd have to look it up. I don't really remember. I'm not a big Lincoln Park fan. I'm just trying to get the chronology right in my head. Let's look it up. <laughs> For whatever reason, Lincoln Park was really big in India. Really? really? Yeah. yeah Hi Hybrid Theory was their first one. It came out in 2000. Oh, you're right. And their next really big one would have been Meteora, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, something for the future. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in theory, we could do that. What's on hybrid theory? We got a whole bunch of like. How come I get the feeling someone's going to pick hybrid theory? Crawling, you're right. We could even go back to the um, Steve's Christian Rock tangent and do some jars of clay or something like that. Hey, does anyone know any jars of clay other than Flood? That Flood, that one song. 
we could do the album that Flood is on. <laughs> I mean, we could. It, it would like one of those sight uns. Everyone has to choose a Christian rock band, uh, <laughs> preferably one you've never listened to. <laughs> Spin the Christian walk, rock wheel at random. Or we can do Christian punk. I'm sure there's like some halfway decent Christian punk bands. Local H Christian rock as well? I don't think so. No? Who am I thinking of? I'm thinking of some band with a letter or something. It's on like MXPX or something. MXPX is Christian punk, yeah. Yeah. I think MXPX is like Christian punk. I saw saw MXPX open up for the Offspring and Cypress Hill. Talk about misbuild. They were awful too. Like, it wasn't their fault. The sound, it was at the ACC and their sound was, they were completely unintelligible. You couldn't hear a word. They, 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 you could, you could hear them singing until they started to play guitar. Mm. You know, the sound is bad when. I feel like Silver Sun pickups and um, was it Silver? Who were the opening bands for the ACC Foo Fighters show we went to? There were a we bunch. Saw Silver Sun pickups open for Muse, Craig. Oh, for Muse, right? No, it was Doughboys and some other Boy. band. Oh, Cancer um, Bats. Did Cancer Bats open for Foo Fighters? I don't remember seeing um, Cancer Bats. Doughboys for sure. Yeah. No, who was it? It was um, yeah. They they kind of got big for a for a hot minute, and then what was the name of that band? Anyway, I feel like yeah. Doughboys less so because we know the songs, but I feel like the other opening band also got like Doughboys are really right. bad like, stadium. I, I freaking love the Doughboys. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna have to rename to Christian Rock Cast. <laughs> I don't think any of those are Christian Rock though. <laughs> <laughs> we're sort of reminiscing now. The bad sound at concerts because of MXPX. <laughs> the sound was pretty bad for. Um... Oh, what was the name of that band? Now it's bugging me. We need to look it up. Who's got the internet? We all have the internet. We're talking what? on the internet. <laughs> I've never used the internet. <laughs> when did we see that show? Was it 2013? Something like that. Like it sounds right. 2013? Uh, fudge. List of Foo Fighters concert tours. It was Wasting Light, 2011-2012. Okay. Uh, that sounds right. Uh, fucked up. That was it. Yeah. Fucked, fucked up. up. It was fucked up. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally forgot that. But yes, you're right. You're totally right. That's who it was. Thank you, Wikipedia and Foo yeah. Fighters being a large band, so they have a lot of information. Yeah, lots lots of <laughs> lots of data points there. Nice. Um no, I, I had actually totally forgot that we saw that. But no, they were they're good. Foo Fighters that was a great concert. It was a great concert. Oh I the first two times I saw the Foo Fighters was at um Arrow Hall in the, the international center i've never been to arrow hall no been to arrow it's, it's, it's a boring like medium-sized mm-hmm. hall at the international center like steel roof it's an airplane hangar that you put concerts <laughs> in basically that's basically yeah. what it is yeah no but it's the kind of it's the kind of place where they have like the smaller like exhibition things like the right. motorcycle show was too big for arrow hall but they'd have like yeah. I don't know. I think Henry's used to do their uh, their Hammer like shows? imaging show of Henry's imaging show every year at Arrow Hall. Oh, wow, Arrow Hall. Yeah. So that's where I saw Monster Magnet, Fear Factory, and Rob Zombie. When when I think of Arrow Hall, I think of bands like that because I, I every Zombie. time I heard like I, for, there was a period of time in like the early two thousands or something where mm-hmm. like I felt felt like there was a million shows of at Arrow Hall and they were all like new metal. Yeah. It was like the metal venue in the suburbs before yeah. the medium-sized metal venues downtown. 
probably why I never saw, I never went to Arrow Hall. I've never had any real desire to see any of those bats. It also makes sense because Rob Zombie's show has a lot of pyro and like thinking of all the medium Hard to burn sized, down a metal hanger. Yeah. <clears throat> well, you also, I doubt the Opera House would let you do any of that shit there. No, the, the Opera House is, um, it feels very flammable. Yeah. It was, and once it was, like it was a, oh, sorry, ahead, was a block you... building block walls with steel roof mm-hmm. there you go it's like woodstock 99 <laughs> it's like 17 documentaries about it now yeah I, I just watched one of them and it was really interesting how awful it was like not surprising but interesting <laughs> yes all right shall we move on to another one of our albums it sounds like a thing to do. We haven't had like a rambly episode in a while. I feel like we've been like focused and listenable as a show, and I don't like being that. It's okay. So, we can, we can fix it in post. In context. <laughs> no, I want. I want to ruin it in post. <laughs> we'll just copy and paste some extra ramble in post. Let's, let's just put some random ramblings that we've had at other times and just splice them in where they. This, they is, feel this is our non-linear episode where unnecessary. Richard, cuts different points in time and reorders it all so none of it makes sense delightful i guess i'll i'll hop in now and i'll i'll, I'll move us on a little bit and uh, i chose uh the album the black parade by my chemical romance um this came out in i guess in 2006 and uh in my mind it is like the quintessential must-have emo album out there i i um I'm not a huge fan of the genre. Um, It's not really my scene, but um, I listened to this album. I don't even know why I listened to this album, but I did because it was before streaming. Uh, And, and it was, I had, I had a friend of Paul Hatcher. And I think he, he got me to listen to the, the previous album for some reason. Um, Was it cheers, three cheers for sweet revenge. I used to go to lots of different concerts with him in high school that I never would have gone to on my own. I saw lots of, I saw placebo with him like four times and mindless self-indulgence and, you know, good bands like that. That's you got on that train. That's how I got on that train. I had a friend in high school who liked them. Um, so, uh, he, he also got me into my chemical romance back in the day. Um, I don't know if he even liked this album. He, they were probably too popular at that point for him. (laughs) Um, but no, I, I, I listened to this album when it came out and I, I was like, wow, it's, it's just like, it's, it's, it's high concept. It's self-indulgent. It's woe is me. It's, uh, it's really, really, really catchy. Uh, you know, it's, it's everything an emo album should be. It's perfect. Uh, and I've never heard another one that I, I have liked as much as this one. So that's why I chose it. Um, and it's one of my favorite albums that I, you wouldn't, a person would not expect me to like. First question, Steve. Go Do ahead. you consider Jimmy Eat World emo or no. proto-emo? I don't consider them emo. Uh, fair response. <laughs> Personally, I, not at all. Like Jimmy Eat World, no. They're just like 
lame ass adolescent <laughs> rock. You take 90s. that back. Ginny has good songs. You I don't take I'm not, that back. I'm not saying that they don't have good songs. I'm saying that's their genre. <laughs> A different type is woe of woe is me. More lame woe is me. But, but more importantly, worse. Yes. <laughs> there are degrees like, of woe is me rock. Like like the mean world is like romance. Yeah, my come romance is woe is me with like black nail polish and high melodrama. Jimmy World doesn't have those. They're, they're like, woe is me, I live in the boring suburb. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I went to this pool party and I felt really awkward. <laughs> yes. That's like it, it's not it's very it's very low concept. <laughs> I, I like I um Jimmy World put out a really good single a couple of months ago. Oh, I forget what it's called, but it's it's kind of it matches where I am in life right now. Of like mm-hmm. you're over the hill, you're you're like prime is behind you, but there you still got like stuff to offer and like you got to keep going. So that resonated with me a lot. Jimmy World are growing with me in a different type of woe is me. The forty the forty year old woe is me. The over the the over the hill emo. Yes, you got you got to, you got to switch that switch that mindset, Craig. You're not over the hill. It's true. I'm punching the hill in the face. Yeah, all you have to do is live long enough to live forever. Yeah. Synthetically, you, you could organic. you could be the first Lazarus Long. Ooh. Oh God! <laughs> do I need to find a pit for that? Will that make that me really a, angry? That is an awful, awful book. I don't know. I don't know what Time enough for love. It's so, so old sci-fi. Like it's, oh my god, that book. Enough for love. Has anyone else read any Highland? No, it's, no. It. I. I don't know. It's old science fiction authors have a way of writing that isn't particularly readable. It's. <laughs> It's rambly. It's tangential. It's impenetrable. It, it's perverted. It's <laughs> you know. It's it's all it's all over the place. I thought it fit well with the character of Lazarus Long. Indeed, there there are there are there's actually parts of, of of Time Enough for Love that I quite enjoyed, but as a work, I think it's just hot garbage. I, I disagree, but uh, it's fair. Okay. I mean, that's, 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 it's a, it's a classic. That is that is an absolutely yeah. valid opinion to have. Um, I don't even remember why I read it, but I, I remember after I read it, I was just like, "What did I just read?" Shit. Um. <laughs> anyway, but to this album, this is American Idiot with a different lead singer, and that was the yeah, first you, thing you, I noticed. You were, very, you were very into the the technicalities of of how they sounded. Same guitar tone, same producer, same recording studio. <laughs> it sounds exactly the same as American Idiot, just with a different lead singer. Which First might be I why noticed. I like it so much, because I love American Idiot. American Idiot is phenomenal. Amazingly phenomenal. And I think what I miss about American Idiot has like the two epics that bookend the album that are just Yeah, Jesus amazing. of Suburbia and uh, Homecoming. Yes. I wish and this album great. had those. Those are incredible yeah, songs. Incredible songs. <clears throat> Um, this is still pretty good, but yeah, I think I was kind of disoriented listening to this because of it sounds, and there are, to be fair, there are 
studios in other genres um like there are a couple of studios that a lot of metal bands use that have the same thing where the guitar tones the same the drum tones are the same and within a couple of songs you can instantly identify this was recorded here or this this was recorded at like that is this not an ability studio. i have either i can't yeah. do that <laughs> it's also ba bands of like similar styles will use um like a lot of the early 90s death metal bands all use this one studio in Florida and consequently all those albums sound the same because they were all recorded in the same place with the same producer. Um, but yeah. Shit, I guess I never thought... I, it's it's funny because I guess I always... I assumed that everyone else could tell that so it's it's interesting for me to find out that like, no, Craig, you're, you're weird and you can do yeah, that. Yeah, I've never... Like, that, that's the kind of thing I would never notice. Anyway. I don't think I could. Like... Even after you've said it, I'm like, I guess I kind of see what you're saying, but I I don't really, like, I don't really see it. Mm. I see it in the, I hear it in the guitar. The guitar is mm. really distinctive on American Idiot, and that's the first, within, like, the first song on this. I was but like, it's not the sound, sound I'm listening to when I'm listening to the song. It's like the arrangement. Yeah. And that's not the same. Like... <laughs> Like you know what I mean? It, maybe sonically it's similar, but like it's those it's those melodies and those hooks mm -hmm. and those you know the the, the interesting lyrics the, the way they go to get the harmonies the especially the harmonies uh, mm -hmm. those those are what kind of stick in my head not the guitar tone or the you know that sort of thing. It's, some, it's something my ear does. Yeah, really weird. Uh, I like that you bring that to the show though, Craig. Like it, for me either, I don't pick up on that, but. It adds a, a different element of, of discussion to it. Why well, I can't. That's why I have so I'm much trouble with the tool. I'm surprised uh, more bands didn't do the same thing after American Media got big. Throw a bunch of money at Rob Cavallo and be like, please do the same thing for us that you did with Green Day. Make us successful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know what he has produced. That's, hey, hey, Rob Cavallo, you have a Wikipedia page. He's produced basically all of Green Day's albums, but aside from yeah, that... Duke Insomniac, sure. Nimrod, American Idiot, and Bullet in the Bible. Goo Goo Doll, Dizzy Up the Girl, A Boy Named Girl, Goo. <laughs> Dave Matthews Band, Big Whiskey and the Grugux King. Bill Collins, Testify! <laughs> Dave Matthews Band is a good example of one of those bands that was like very... Their fame was very temporarily short. Oh, like Jesus they, peace, he produced Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. That song is dire. <laughs> uh, this My Chemical Romance album, I, I've, it's never been a emo style. Was never one that really appealed to me. But this is a catchy album. I'm with you on. Uh, I'm with you on that, Steve. Yeah. Uh, very catchy. Very. I don't want to say fun because the, the lyrics are kind of downer. But it is emo, and that's to be expected. Uh, I enjoyed it. Oh. They're like yeah, super I, down, right? Like, yeah. super. <laughs> um, I, I enjoyed the album though. Like, I, I liked listening to it, and um, I, I like it also because I tend to listen to an album and then just let whatever Spotify throws in afterwards play for a bit. Um, it was it was interesting listening to what came on after, which in some cases was more my chemical romance, uh, and in other cases it was other sort of emo acts. Um, but yeah, it opened me up to some music I hadn't really paid much attention to. There were definitely some songs that had gotten radio play, and I was familiar with them. But um, 
it wasn't it yeah it's not something i'd listened to much before and like craig was saying how you just he decides that some things are not for him i just decided that emo wasn't for me so i hadn't when i heard my chemical romance i'd always just kind of roll my eyes and be like oh they're one of those emo bands uh but they're good and they're probably i mean from what I have listened to in the last couple of weeks just from Spotify playing stuff for me. Uh, they're probably like the creme de la creme of emo bands. That's how I feel about them. Yeah. <laughs> Kings well, of emo. And so then they I went am... on to, to do, uh, was it the, the Umbrella Academy? What did they? Yeah, they, one, of the, one of the guys from one of the Way Brothers from um, My Chemical Romance was the, one of the writers of the comic. Huh. Uh, from, oh. Um, the Umbrella Academy, and he was involved in the, the, the Netflix show as well. Well, that makes so much sense. But why the Umbrella Academy is so friggin' emo. <laughs> right? It's very, very hair. I always think of Resident Evil when I hear the name of that show, because the evil corporation in Resident Evil umbrella. Is the it's the Umbrella yeah. Corporation, yeah, umbrella in Raccoon action. City. Yeah. <laughs> so I, um, I had only ever heard like one... My Chemical Romance song before, and I really liked it. It was called Sing, and I think it's on one of their later albums than this one. Um, but uh, I had never really listened to any of their other stuff, and um, I, I I really really enjoyed this album. Uh, I don't think I've been exposed. We've talked about this before. I haven't been exposed to a lot of the music that you guys listen to, so this is kind of my first outing into the emo music. But I listened to this album several times. Like this is right up there with uh, Banger. Uh, yeah, that like uh oh crap, what's that other one that uh, that uh that Richard recommended the rap one? Uh on 3030. Deltron? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Deltron. Deltron. So, Deltron so this is this is up there now in one of those albums that I just keep going back to um because I've been having a blast listening to it. I just I love the instrumentation. I love the style of of the music. It's just it's it's catchy um but it's also like a little bit badass too. Like it's at least that's how I felt listening to it and and I yeah, like it's my first <laughs> my first venture into this style, and I'm 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 into it. I really enjoyed this album. Yeah, I'm glad. I mean, I when, when I recommended it, it was like I I know this might not be everyone's cup of tea, but I mean, that's that's not sort of the point. It's, we're not always looking to, to display everyone's <laughs> cup of tea, uh, but I, I thought I I feel like as an album. Even though it's in a genre most of us have pretty much overlooked, um, I think it's really good. <laughs> mm-hmm. And there, there is definitely an album of of them that uh, we listen that we're going to talk about this week. That certainly was not my cup of tea. We haven't gotten there yet, uh, but it, it was not this one. <laughs> this one was awesome to me. It's, I, I've, I'm going to guess that it was the Misfits. We should segue so, right sorry, to that. This is pretty in in inoffensive. In <laughs> Are we segueing to the misfits now? Let's do it. Misfits, let's do it. Just before All we right. do that, I just want to say the one thing: emo is like it dry. It, it derives a lot from punk in terms of the sound, but it's punk with it, it's it's complaining without any identifying any solutions. <laughs> Uh, That's not what Misfits does because Misfits kind of draw on punk, but they're just talking about uh, movies. They're, they're talking it's about it's, it's more about how they feel than about making change. Yeah, yeah. So let's go to the Misfits. Yes. Um, so the Misfits have been around in some form or another since the end of the seventies. 
is pretty crazy. They were formed in 1977. Um, the most notable early member was Glenn Danzig, who I think some of us based on our ages heard a little bit about in the early 90s because he had a couple of medium hit songs like Mother was probably his biggest song and that got some rotation on MTV. Um, they were not active for a long time when they first started. They were only around for about six years. Um, Wikipedia says they disbanded in 1983. But they're one of those bands that were around for a short period of time, but then had a massive influence on a number of bands that got a lot bigger. Uh, one big, one good example of this is Metallica, who covered a few Misfit songs on their first covers album that came out in the late 80s, and then again on the other covers yeah, album. Yeah, I feel like I feel the like 90s. they were really influential. Yeah, in, the punk, or... in the punk scene, the metal scene. Yeah, Misfits are, and they're that's you, good thing, uh, Steve, or a good point about. being influential in both those scenes there. Misfits are one of the, Yeah. I, I would say like first punk bands that influenced a lot of metal bands um, and had a lot of crossover appeal. Yeah. And they have a hugely, they have like a very marketable logo thing, which Yeah. doesn't hurt in getting your name out when people can just buy patches of. I kind of, I feel like about the, the misfits, like I do about the pixies in terms of, Mm. you know, at, at least at one point in time, a band that wasn't really all that out there, not really that widely known, uh, but were massively influential on like really, really big bands. Yeah, and now are retroactively more famous and important than they ever were during Yeah. their biggest years, yeah. Um, so after the Misfits disbanded, they re-released a bunch of stuff, had a bunch of compilations, and then in the early 90s, they got a different lead singer, which is on this album, Michael Graves, um, and released two full lengths. This one, American Psycho, and then another one Different a couple drummer, of years I later. think, too. Yeah, oh yeah, different drummer, you're right, uh, Richard. Um The one after this, Famous Monsters, is also really good. I would say Famous Monsters is the more consistent one, but I picked American Psycho because it's the more punk one. And aside from, I think, uh, Google Bordello, we haven't really done a pure punk album on this show that I could remember. Um, so I wanted to pick, like, the most punkish... What do you consider pure punk? <laughs> like, Jimmy um, World. like, no effects, no effects, bad True. religion... Um, I don't know. My um, anything Duran else? Duran. I'm No. what are Rancid. like other nineties punk? It? Rancid, yeah, <laughs> like that. The more those, the like un those, those more ones Dead were Kennedy. punk. Sure. Yeah, Like Dead Kennedies John are punk. Kennedy. punk. I, Dead Kennedy's Kennedy's a good choice. aren't Sorry. punker than Rancid. They're just older. Yeah. No one's punker than Rancid. Fucking <laughs> rancid. Um, yeah. This actually, I saw the a video for American Psycho, uh, or no, Dig Up Her Bones, on the first episode of Lada Ever Watched, which is another notable thing about this album. Um, I really like it. It's super catchy. I know a lot of the songs Digger <laughs> are Bones about is the it. best best track on the album, like It's part so nine. good. It's so good. Shining comes close. Shining is also really good. Um, yeah. What did you guys think? I'm guessing this is the album that didn't I want fit to know why with Shining the title. is I want to know why Shining is based on Poltergeist and not on The Shining. It's the shinning. Do you want to get sued? Hmm. <laughs> Do you want to get sued? Hey, boy. You want to get <laughs> sued? Don't I'm going you to mean guess The about Shining? that. So, That so That the... is kind of weird. <laughs> Sorry, Like, but other because than that. there definitely is. That is basically... Oh, that I completely left that part out. Is the Misfits' entire shtick Yes. is like, pick a 60s or 50s horror sci-fi movie and make a song about it. Yeah. That's how, that's how they write their music. Which is kind of cool. 
Yeah. So they Sorry, do. Mike, they I do interrupted well. you totally. Do you we, want to? We talk, we talk over each other a lot in the show. <laughs> do you want to start, Mike? I, I feel like there's um there there's slight a slight lag that there causes us to talk over each no. other just more a little bit more than we would in person. Yeah. Yeah, I think we need to do an episode in person. We got to plan this. We got to plan this out. Um, I'll I'll go first then on this. And and no, this isn't the album that I that I disliked. Oh, it was uh, Tori Amos. <laughs> so um, I, you know what, this one was wasn't super um, uh, memorable to me. Um, Mike's allergic to estrogen. <laughs> oh my god, I, I was I, okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to Tori Amos when we get to Tori Amos, <laughs> but. Um, I, I was I was listening to this one. I um, I mean, my chemical romance. I, I enjoyed it a lot more. Um, I, I found that that with this album, um, I was having trouble. Like, even though I did enjoy a lot of the instrumentation and 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 some of the hooks that were in some of the songs, it just didn't really catch me the same way. This album um, is far less hooky than my chemical yeah, romance. I think I like hooks. <laughs> I think I think everyone, I'm kind of everyone likes hooks. That's why they're <laughs> that's why they're a thing. I don't know. I don't know if Craig likes hooks. <laughs> Craig might be. I, 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 don't think, I don't think Craig hates hooks. I think that <laughs> I think that a, a hook is not enough for Craig. Craig wants more than a hook. <laughs> yeah, it, it depends there. If your instrumentation is OK, an amazing vocal hook and amazing vocal performance will save yeah. your song for me. OK, OK. It's it yeah, depends I, on I, the context. I is listen. It, do, the, it. do you do you consider those whoa whoa whoa's amazing vocal hooks? Mm. No. <laughs> <laughs> like what's a good, what's a good um, speak of I'm the sorry devil? Sorry to cut you off, Mike. But <laughs> yeah. Speak of the devil is an example on this song that has like a very simple hook that I think mm. makes it a nice little memorable like ninety second song. Sure. Yeah, yeah the, there's a definite alternation of some of the ninety second songs have memorable choruses and a lot don't. Yeah, I love that they're okay, short. Okay. Yeah. yeah, like each time you know you get into the song, you hear it a little bit, and and you you know you jump out into something different. Um, I don't have a ton to say about this album. Like I listened through it. I li- I don't think this is necessarily for me. Uh, if that's the theme for this episode, <laughs> I don't think this particular style is for me. But I didn't hate it or anything. I I listened all the way through, and I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. Um, but it just didn't jump out. I, I it's not like in my list of favorite albums that I'm going to go back to. Yeah. When when it comes to down to it, I they they're punk. They're they're very much punk. Um, I think that they're this album in particular is is except for dig up her bones, is very pedestrian punk. Mm. It's not incredibly hooky. It's not, um, it's not very memorable. Uh, some of the songs might have been more memorable, but they're so damn short. Mm. Um, it's. It's an interesting concept what they do. Um, I I don't know. Like, there's a lot of punk I really like, um, but this kind of fades into the like. It, it feels. It does. I'm trying to think what the right word is. Like the word that came to mind was generic, but it's not right because it doesn't feel generic. It feel ah, it feels mediocre. That's fair. That's the word I was looking for. It feels mediocre. I have a feeling. It's not bad. I have a feeling you'd like famous monsters a lot more. Sure, famous maybe. Famous monsters has a lot like two and a half to three minute songs that have more meat to them. Yeah, and definitely more hooks. Yeah, I, I, yeah. You're probably that's exactly. I would. That sounds like in theory something I would like more. 
Are these guys called Misfits or The Misfits? I think it's The, isn't it? Because it looks like it's showing Uh, up as The, but a lot of albums just say Misfits on the top, like when I was looking through. Yeah, I think they're actually just Misfits. Curious. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Look at that. (laughs) It's like one of those bands, like Offspring. <laughs> time to trade time to trademark the misfits. <laughs> the misfits.com. Uh I, I liked it. I I also listened to Walk Among Us. I prefer this I, I prefer the Danzig sound. Just for whatever reason. The the one thing I like about them is how they be, I think it fits with the fact that they, they reference so many classic horror movies. They kind of bring in musical styles from that age as well. Like it's punk, but it's got elements that are that kind of harken back to like fifties and sixties rock and roll. There's I, a fifties on famous monsters. There's a fifties sixties style like slow ballad Saturday yeah. night that is very much what you just described. Yeah, it's about like someone murdering someone else, but yeah. it is played yeah, yeah, as yeah, a like it, it's the same band. Yes. Uh, the yeah. band was named after Marilyn Monroe's final film, The Misfits. So they mm. are them. They are the Misfits. I will confess to have never ha- I've never heard any of the Danzig era stuff. I've only heard the Metallica covers of it, which is okay, pretty good. How, I mean, g- Richard, how raw? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Stephen. Go, go ahead. Listen to some of it. Like, why not? It'd be thirty minutes of your life, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two albums. They, they walk among us as twenty-four minutes. Yeah, exactly. That, that's punk album. Old punk. <laughs> Thirty-six tracks, twenty-four minutes. Yeah, right. <laughs> so true. I do like every once in a while. I get go on like a punk jag, and I'll listen to like you know a, a punk station on like Spotify or something. You hear lots of you know like. Bad religion, Pennywise, no effects. Sometimes it'll Pennywise go. Pennywise is another one, yes. Yeah. Face to face to face. Yeah. No use for a name. <laughs> you know, like all those nineties mm-hmm. punk bands. B tier. Yeah. Bad religion is one of my favorite punk bands. I love bad religion. I think they're amazing. That's that's one of my I don't know why I like them so much, but something about their style of music and the, their harmonies and whatnot yeah. just really clicks with me. And their lyrics are smart. Oh yeah, they're 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 part of the genius punk scene. Yeah. <laughs> the actual the actually social conscious punk. No, punk with not a, just the more like the punk with a PhD scene. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That also counts the offspring. It does. Yeah. They're um, in, they're in that group. Back from Richard's history, um, a girlfriend I had way, way back in my 20s uh, actually bought a copy of uh, Greg Graffin's um, dissertation. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. He was, was he like, he's like an electrical engineer or something? Or... He's, a, he's an evolutionary biologist. Oh, my God. Which one of them is an engineer in Bad Religion? One of them is. Yeah, I forgot. Greg Gerowitz or <laughs> evolutionary biologist. <laughs> It's always science because Dexter Holland is um, germs, something around bio, yeah, germs yeah. and <laughs> MRA vaccines and yeah. other 
crazy highbrow stuff. I think he actually finished it too, didn't he? Yeah. Yep. Because he went like recently. Because yeah. he he when the offspring hit it big, he had his I think he had a master. He was working on his PhD and he ended up going on hiatus because he was too busy being in a world famous million selling punk band. But then you know after that dries up a little bit, you know, go back to school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it was just within the last couple of years he finished yeah. his PhD. But he was he was published on things. He'd worked in yeah in I don't know immunology or something, right? Hey, he's a smart dude. Poor Isaac's having um, anyway. It was a short punk band. Our comments on it were fairly short. Let's hit our Tormy Amos, her Tori Amos, and, and, and hear a screed from Mike on why he hates Tori Amos. <laughs> I want to hear first from Richard why he loves Tori Amos. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we did Tori Amos is under the pink. And um, she's a she's a singer songwriter pianist, uh, classically trained I think uh, pianist, and um, she just kind of like sings what's on the on her sleeve, like puts her heart on her sleeve and sings about it. Um, and I think that's kind of what I like about it is if when I first started listening to it, it was just so different than what else I'd listened to. I felt like it just brought balance to my musical listening. Um, this album was released in 1994, I believe. Why Under yeah. the Pink, too? Why not? I, I feel like both Little Earthquakes and um, the, the one that came after was it Boy, Boys for Pele. They were yeah. both bigger albums than this one. So what, yeah, why this true. one? I, I chose it because this is the one that I own on CD. I think I picked it ah. up at like Deja Vu Discs or something way back in the day when I was in high school. Um, and yeah, that's, that's why I chose it is because I, I own a copy of it. But yeah, you're right. The other twos are, the other two albums are, were both bigger. Um, but also... There's a couple of good songs. I, I I think there's a couple of good songs on it's here. Cornflake Girl on it, which is a, which is Girl, a, a great pretty song. big hit. Yeah. Uh, also, the first the first I'd ever heard of Tori Amos was from my sister, my older sister, and uh, she was talking about uh, the waitress. That was a song that she she liked when she was talking about it. So, hmm. yeah. Um. But yeah, I think like it has some really good songs. Pretty good year, God. Yeah, past the mission. Past the mission has a, a guest backup vocals from Trent Reznor. Really? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. On the chorus. I didn't know that. It's a good. Yeah. T- it's a good tune. Yeah. Uh, Cornflake girls, great. Yeah. What'd you guys think? I liked it. Like I like Tori Amos in general. Um, I think she's, as I said to earlier in the episode before Mike said his thing, I think she's pretty inoffensive. Um, I, I, I like piano based singers. Like I like Tori Amos for almost the same reason. I like Billy Joel. <laughs> so, um, and I do like Billy Joel, by the way. 
Um, you know, I, I I think she she's a good songwriter. I think she definitely leaves her heart on her sleeve when she sings. She um, she doesn't hold back. Um, I think she like we just did Jewel, and uh, I think her music is is from the beginning is it, we did early early ass Jewel, so I think that the this music is significantly more mature than a bunch yeah. of what Jewel was putting out there. Uh, but that makes sense because Jewel was like nine. <laughs> so, you know, when you're nine, what do you expect? Uh, no, I, I like Tori Amos. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll leave her at that. Tor- Tori Amos also has a, a rough youth. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, she had, she'd lit some shit. Hmm. Happy you suggested this, Richard. I don't know why, but before listening to this, my impression of Tori Amos was the artist kind of like tool tool is kind of like this too the artists that people hype up to a degree far greater than the caliber of their music and also the artist people name drop to sound cultured or yeah. like that they listen to a more diverse range of things than they actually do basically like the artist you drop to give yourself cred like oh man i love tori amos um so it was good to finally hear some of her music and it sounds really timeless. I think that's the that's the quality I noticed the most was this does not sound dated at all. It sounds super No, it really doesn't, does it? No. Yeah. I guess kind of a timeless style. Yeah. I can't believe I'm so different from all of you guys on this one <laughs> like this it's like and 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 it, it feels really weird because usually we're we're all sort of in the same general place but i was eye rolling at all, almost all of these songs and i was having a really hard time getting through this album um i found it pretentious i found it like difficult to listen to um i found it whiny <laughs> i just was i was not a fan of, of this, you found of this, music. this whiny but not my chemical romance no, and I did. <laughs> oh my goodness! I was, and and I was listening to it uh, in in the kitchen while I was doing work too. Like but the second time I listened through it, and I was just like, skip track, skip track, skip track. <laughs> like I was just having trouble um, staying interested in it. Um, it, it. It's interesting because I, I don't know. I I feel like there was the joke about you know, <laughs> do I have a problem with estrogen? Um, I really liked Jewel when we listened to Jewel. Um, I had I, I enjoyed that quite a bit, and I was just um, just having a conversation with uh, you know with, with my lady about some of these singers, and we were thinking like, man, listening to this really made me want to listen to some Sarah McLaughlin because I feel like Sarah McLaughlin is so much better in this genre. Um, but I don't know. I was struggling with the album. It's certainly not for me, um, and um, I tried to give it. I tried to give it the best chance that I could, but I had I had trouble enjoying this one. I just need to interject. I think it's funny that when we listened to Jewel, I was like, "Oh, I want to listen to Tori Amos. She's such a better artist." And then you're like, <laughs> "I want to listen to Sarah McLaughlin. She's just such a better artist." Sarah McLaughlin's great too. We should do fumbling yeah, towards ecstasy. Circular. <laughs> Here we go. Eventually, like a circular reference. Yeah, I know, right? So now I'm trying to decide if I should choose a Sarah McLaughlin album, uh, just so we can keep this this Lilith Fair thing going. (laughs) Continue the psychoanalysis of 
okay, Mike, Mike liked the immature 20 year old music, but hated the more mature, like I had a legit shitty childhood music. Yeah. What about the in-between? What does the in-between have to say of Sarah McLaughlin? <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's building a mystery. Come on. Sweet Surrender is a really good song. How, I think that's my favorite Sarah McLaughlin. Possession. Or Amos have been mm. all the way to the wall. All right, so she would have Tori, Tori Amos would have been thirty-one when she released under the pink. So a little old, eh? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, she's she's almost sixty. I didn't realize she was old. Hmm. There you go, Tori Amos, old. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Using our hopefully she never listens to this our breakthrough carbon dating. We have ascertained. Tori yeah. Amos. She should she should feel um touched that I thought she was younger than she was. There you go. I think yeah. it's good when we don't all agree on a on a particular artist anyway. Because oh, I feel sure. like the the conversation tends to get a little short when we're all like, Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> it, it's true. I mean you're you're gonna get a bunch of those because you know we all have fairly similar well, we're similar age and upbringings, yeah. I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, everyone has has their own little things. So, yeah, we grew up as suburban white kids in the '90s. So, I'm a very high level suburban ranger. Okay, so who? So who? Okay, so Steve, you picked Jewel, right? Yeah. And then Richard picked Tori Amos. Correct. Craig, have you picked a? Singer, so singer, songwriter. Uh... Don't look at me. You get a Lisa Loeb out of album out of me, bro. <laughs> oh crap! <laughs> We're getting a Lisa Loeb out of you. <laughs> you're gonna get nine. You're gonna get tails, and you're gonna love it. That's, Actually, is that's... there a different female singer songwriter who I would do instead of Lisa Loeb? Let me ponder that. That's kind of hilarious. <laughs> See, because I'm so close to picking Sarah McLaughlin right now for our just do it. Our thing. just just so that we can keep this this theme going. <laughs> but I had a Christmas album ready. <laughs> I have a Christmas album ready. <laughs> I don't have a Christmas album ready. You don't have to. You don't I have a Christmas to. album ready. I just wasn't going to choose it. Uh, <laughs> who else would I? <laughs> Was it a little Bing Crosby? <laughs> Female no, no, no. Crosby. Definitely Boney M. <laughs> ah, I've heard a lot of that recently. That's one of Danielle's favorite Christmas albums, too. We, Jen had on DVD, she had uh, one of those fireplaces. Yeah. With Boney M's Christmas album playing behind it. It's uh, amazing. Mary's boy child, Jesus Christ was born on Christmas Day. Low, low tempo disco in the background. Oh, it's so good. So good. <laughs> I think we should we have segued officially into the suggestions for next episode, gentlemen. Yeah, we should inform our listeners this is being recorded on the Sunday before Christmas Day. That is true. Year. It's um because because it won't be posted until I don't know July. <laughs> it'll feel a little bit it'll out of time, but yes. Once, we, once, we new, once my new laptop arrives, I will I'll go on an editing streak. It might it might be them all out. Get there. us up to date. Yeah. If you want if you want to binge the zero check, <laughs> they'll yeah. be all out there. Right. I am going. To and we should put up all our old episodes as well. Ooh, good idea. Because why not? They exist. It's not, it's not like we didn't make them. <laughs> zero check classics. Yeah. Um, Season zero. Season minus one. All right. Who's got an album for next time? 
I am going to pick the objectively best Christmas album of all time. That is the Charlie Brown Christmas special soundtrack, the which is also the jazziest Christmas album of all time. Minus Lucy, it's by the Vince. What's it called? The Vince Lombardi. Vince Lombardi. Vince Lombardi. Yeah. Vince Lombardi. Is it that like football? Yes, that's what I think. Yeah, you're right. It is the Vince Lombardi trophy. Noted football celebrity slash jazz pianist <laughs> Vince Lombardi. Okay. G U A R A L D G U A R A L D I. It's close. A L. Linus and Lucy it up. It's gonna be great. Okay, that sounds that sounds like fun. Nice. Richard, what do you want to go with? Are we are we going Christmas? Yeah, we'll, we'll find out. We, we, if, if Richard follows the theme, we might be stuck. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Tool. Oh, Christmas yeah. album. <laughs> A Tool's yeah, which Christmas. Tool album? Which Tool album? I'm curious. And that's what I've been I've been racking my brain on. A Merry and Tool Christmas. Both. It's Christmas break, Richard. You could do both. That's Wait, a lot of tool. You pick, you pick two tool albums. <laughs> when do we start picking two albums? <laughs> we generally not, but sometimes we make an exception. It has happened. Like one one week, you know I what? took uh, I did moist creature, uh, silver, and creature because we couldn't decide which one. All right, heads, beer, tails, enema. Don't tails. don't make tails. us listen to fear enough. <laughs> tails, tails. So we're listening to Enema? Yeah. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I have never listened to Tool. Enema it, does it, also have some. It was really t- life. Fair inoculum would have been a really terrible place to start. <laughs> Enema like a does really bone-breakingly yeah, terrible so, place to start. So one Enema. one connection that I'll point out is that Tori Amos and Maynard, I don't know if they still are, but they were really good friends back in the day. Yeah. All right, Steve, what do you got? Oh, this is a this is an interesting question. Like, and should Steve I? Steve chose the Boney M Christmas thing. I, no, no, I was talking about choosing it, but that's mm. absolutely absurd. And I don't know if I actually want to do a Christmas album. Shoot, I took um, that as a legitimate suggestion. Sorry. <laughs> no, it, it was a legitimate suggestion. I just haven't. I can I, I can think... do a, I can do a Christmas album with you, Craig, so that we have, at least have two Christmas yeah. albums. I, I don't mm. think I, I think I'm going to go with. Beastie Boys, Licensed Dale. Whoa. Good album. Okay, I do That's... like me some Beastie Boys. Licensed to Ill? Yeah. Okay. All right, so that I can stick with with uh, with Craig on this one um, and try to do something a little Christmassy because it would not make sense if we were recording in July to do a Christmassy one. I am going to go with uh, one of my favorites uh, for Christmas time. I'm going to go with the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Oh, boy. I'm going to go with Christmas Eve and Other Stories, their first, their debut album. Sweet. That was a good show that time we saw them. Oh, yeah. I was trying to find the picture of us there. Oh, yeah, it's there. We've uh, Yeah, it's somewhere. It's somewhere. God, I'm just looking at the yeah. We've done a lot of albums this season. This is this is all this is almost certain to be the last episode of the season. So, 
We can do seasons by calendar year. That makes sense. That's how we always did it in the past. So we might as well yep. might as well stick with it. Uh, so this this would be season four, I guess, and it's going to be a total of eleven episodes, and um, that's not bad. When did we we started in July, right? Or when April. did we start? We started in April. Okay, so yeah, if we start in January, we can get a few more episodes in. Oh, we can get a whole new season in. Whole new season. <laughs> no, I just mean a few more episodes than we did. Oh, this oh I see. Yeah. It's this being real. Like going time back is to relative. Old... Going back to our old seasons, like I don't think we got more than fourteen in a season. Yeah, season one was like ten episodes, and season two was like thirty, like something stupid like that. We were just recording like beasts, probably a little bit more than. Actually, I'm wrong on that. Season season two had seventeen episodes. That's still quite a few. Yeah. Season season one had seven, and season three had eight. But but by the end of that, we oh, were like yeah. friggin'. We were digging the bottom of the barrel. This is my washed out face. <laughs> yeah. Trans-Siberian Orchestra. This was December 26th, so Boxing Day, uh, 2008. That's a number oh, of years ago. We were kids. Yep. That's, be- that's just... before we recorded any of our episodes. Yeah. We were just youngins going to see the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Oh, Utes. Utes. All right. Where do you see them? Uh, ACC. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Where else can you have that degree of pyro? It's true. It, it felt like it felt like a, a pretty big venue for a Trans-Siberian Orchestra, but then you know. Oh, there was lots of fire. <laughs> See, there was there was fire on oh, the yeah. stage. <laughs> we were sitting like I don't know, three hundred row or something, whatever. Yeah, it was. we were up in the like, nosebleeds. <laughs> we, we we could feel the heat of the, the pyro. Yeah, the <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Like like doing a guitar solo in a pillar of flame is pretty <laughs> pretty interesting. Uh, Man, interesting we, we just we have some good albums. Interesting note about Trans Siberian Orchestra. There's a there's a a YouTube channel I follow that does tiny houses, mm. and there's an episode. Uh, the channel's called um, uh, Living Living Big in a Tiny House. Yeah, uh, it's it's done by a, a couple from New Zealand. But when they did a U.S. tour several years ago, uh, one episode was on one of the violinists uh, from Trans-Siberian Orchestra. She has a, a tiny house in, I think it was Virginia or something. Oh, okay. Or, hmm. Yeah, somewhere. America. Yeah. I always forget yeah. the Trans-Siberian Orchestra were Russian. No, the main <laughs> dude is from Sabotage, I want to say. Like a moderately successful '80s metal band. Oh, um, I just like the idea of melding metal with Christmas. Yeah, uh, you know, it was a cool, it was a cool yeah. idea. They still they put out tons yeah. of albums since, but I really like the. Uh, I figure the the first one is their quintessential <clears throat> one. We should listen to. Yeah, sabotage. Sure. The two guitarists, John Olivia and Al Petrelli. Oh wow! I could I could have picked the 2004 Christmas trilogy, which is like 46 tracks. <laughs> the only trilogy I'm going to do is a Canadian Railroad trilogy. <laughs> give us, I oh, so dare you, you. Give us some Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> a little bit of so Lightfoot. So you're saying if I ever were to choose uh, threes by uh, what's his name? Um, I'm second. I brought the CD. Just over here. 
Uh, why can't I remember his name? Joel Plaskett. Uh, I don't know. Joel Plaskett three. Then you refuse to listen, Steve. I guess. I mean, I said it, didn't I? <laughs> All right. <laughs> not. There'll be some other Joel Plaskett if I ever choose him. <laughs> So just just remember that that uh, Sarah McLaughlin is in the uh, is in the bank for a future episode. Yeah. Also, don't choose the tea party triptych. Also in the queue, for Steve's queue. Yeah. If, if we're gonna do yeah, Sarah McLaughlin. I, I, I mean, I don't want to do any Sarah McLaughlin, but fumbling towards ecstasy. Like everything after that is just. I was actually looking not, at her, her earlier good. ones. Oh, no, there's wait. no, there's no earlier yeah, ones. The earlier one. <laughs> I, was, I was looking at surfacing. That too late. It's too late. It's got angel yeah. in it. Building I know. It's a, it's a terrible song. It, it, once they started taking the songs, Ooh, and ice them cream, in, <laughs> ice cream them in from one toward ecstasy. In, cool. in front of you know um, orphans in Africa trying to raise money, it was it was all over for. Her. <laughs> yeah, your uh, your love is better than ice cream. <laughs> That's on. That's on fumbling towards ecstasy. Yeah, it, that is the, that is the album. There's there's some <laughs> great songs on that album. Okay. Into the fire, reunited. <laughs> yes. So that's that's, right. that's my opinion on if we do a Sarah McLaughlin album. I was about to stop recording and then realized we had not done. No one had done an outro. Oh well, thanks oh. everybody for listening. Peace. You uh, t- tune in to future episodes. Merry, Merry Christmas, can... motherfuckers! That's Merry right. Christmas we... from the past. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Enjoy your July. Enjoy your summer. Summer of the future. I just assume it's July because that's that's our schedule. <laughs> you can find us on all of the uh, podcasting services. All the ones that matter, anyway. All the yeah. ones that matter. You can you can do your social media ritual and follow us on Instagram and Facebook and don't bother Instagram. Twitter. Yeah, don't don't bother with Twitter because I've lost the password to our account. <laughs> oh, also, by the time you listen to this episode, there probably won't be a Twitter. Twitter won't exist anymore. <laughs> All right, thanks everybody.